Track audio with Nick and Charles. Welcome back, dudes and dudettes. Archival, possibly bonus content. Archival. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, uh, later, like Patreon content, uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing. What is the etymology of the word Patreon? It it, it strikes like a, me like similar to like it's like a patron. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, somebody who attends something i don't know with the term patron it like refers to i think it refers as much to the like the patronage system of the olden times when like a musician or an artist would have somebody who was like their employer who they would just be there you know like how like my right. angel like worked for the pope or whomever worked for whatever but yeah like like but like i don't know the eon i guess it's like yeah i don't know i guess it's cool it sounds like a website i think a lot of the website naming thing is just like does this sound like something that would be online somehow you know what i mean like right i kind of wish i had like you know how on radio they have like a pop uh, not a pop button a cough button you know right because i am currently uh sipping on uh hot ah. todrick is like what i what i like to refer to it as it's part I, of an ongoing attempt on my part to like beat the winter at its own game Oh, totally. Yeah, no, I just, I, I've got it neat. I've got a glass of uh, Jameson tonight. Oh, I have made mine with, uh, I think you'll approve, uh, I say somewhat jokingly, because I got a $13 bottle of whiskey. It's an Evan Williams. Oh, sure, with an sure. Evan Williams. I think that's what, like, cheap whiskeys and and affordable whiskeys are, are for. Like, that level of quality is there in order for you to mix it in with other things. But yeah, yeah, have a nice, a nice inexpensive bourbon, mixing up with a little bit of uh, some Earl Grey tea, uh, but uh, a little Earl Grey tea, a little uh, apple cider vinegar, a little mm-hmm. squeeze of lemon in there. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Some honey sounds good. Very soothing. Good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so what are we talking about? Uh, yeah. So uh, we chose so this week to two songs. So we're. Uh, we're just talking about two um, popular but not like particularly famous Beatles songs. Uh, those two songs being "Lovely Rita" uh, from Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band, uh, released in 1967, and yep. uh, "Sexy Sadie" from The Beatles, otherwise known as The White Album, released in 1968. Yeah, two get, uh, two songs uh, named yeah. after after women, but very different songs and with with very different stories behind them. We were talking about what songs do. I didn't even really realize this, but it's interesting. We kind of chose a John song and a Paul song. I didn't I didn't even really put that together. I think it's probably fair maybe to go in chronological order, begin with Love totally. Rita. Uh, I guess overall impressions. Um, I've always liked this song. There was probably a time in my life at a certain point I was very like anti McCartney in a way and very like oh, anti like silliness. And this is one that I for a moment uh perceived as being kind of like a sillier, slighter kind of a song. But it's very cool. I love the little like ah kind of thing at the beginning. That's a very cool little voice, you know, that comes in. That's great. Backing vocals are awesome. Love the uh, what I I assume is George Martin uh, playing a uh, the band's producer playing a a, a piano solo 
Uh, it certainly sounds like something he would play. No, I get that. Um, I get that element of yeah. silliness. First thing that came to my mind is the kazoo that that you hear in certain parts parts of Lovely Rita. Oh yeah. Like like quite frankly, I can't get enough of it. It just it makes it a silly song, but it makes it a a willfully like silly like serendipitous song. Like a lot of Beatles songs, you know, we always think like like oh these guys are just like the philosopher musicians and like everything they say has has layers upon layers of meaning and uh mm-hmm. and it, it it appears to be the case at least with lovely rita that's that that's really not true at all and that that's the case with many of the other other songs what what i read about lovely rita was that it was simply just like an alliteration that one of paul's friends spoke to him that paul thought was funny so he wrote a song about it I had read, and this, like, point, you know, this is a good illustration of the kind of, like, crazy number of stories that sort of crop up about any Beatles song, really. It was inspired by Paul receiving a parking ticket and receiving it graciously, which is mm-hmm. much less mm-hmm. interesting and probably a lot, uh, a lot less likely somehow, you know? Like, uh, but then again, nearly all, something that's a little bit of a weird thing to me is that nearly all. I, not, I won't say all, but like very many Beatles songs, and I think particularly Paul songs, and particularly even more so songs on the Sgt. Pepper album, are very much inspired by, like, are, are basically a, a, like, one-to-one kind of, like, inspiration song kind of relationship situation. Right. You have, like, Losing the Sky with Diamonds being inspired by a, a, a painting that John's son did, or uh, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite basically being john getting ideas off of an old, like a vintage circus poster uh he had he had he had gotten you know like I, a lot of stuff is sort of it, it's funny or 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 for example uh uh she's leaving home is about uh an article that that uh paul read you know like i, I mean it's mm-hmm. all kind of like very much it, there's not a whole lot of of um a more impressionistic kind of thing they're, they're in, in sergeant pepper and there's very little like introspection and i think all. that's that's i don't think there's any and okay, I think that's maybe what I was trying to get at a minute ago is um, is a lot of people suspect just tremendous depth and and as you and as you say it's not necessarily all that all the time like it is just a one to one it yeah. is just a what you see is what you get and maybe consumers aren't used to that and that's why they like try to find depth in other places. I, yeah, I would on. say that the depth is really in the music. You know what I mean? Is in is in mm-hmm. the song as a whole. Is is in like the, the kind of the production value of it all. Um, we're talking about Sgt. Pepper, and we're talking about Lovely Rita in particular. Um, but I, I think one thing that I thought was funny is I, I read uh, that uh, apparently at some point uh, Paul was interviewed and asked about the song and like why he chose the name Rita, and he said that this this meter maid that he apparently had come into contact with like looked like a Rita, you know, and uh-huh. that's why he chose the name. But like, I feel like that can't be the case. Cause it's obviously because it rhymes with meter. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so that's my favorite thing. Like lovely Rita, like you would like, maid, you know, like, like the beach boys never would have gotten away with writing that song. Cause in the United States of America, Rita doesn't rhyme with meter. <laughs> right. I always think about, I think I've expressed this to you before. One of my favorite, uh, rhymes is like um, in the song Pigs by Pink Floyd and they rhyme kind of like haha and charade with you are which I guess like actually I suppose to be fair like charade is something that you could say in American English because it does kind of mean something different I suppose than like mm-hmm. charades but like we don't really say charade 
looking into like through the lyrics here i mean it's a weird little song i think it's funny it's always funny to me not that it happens a whole lot but it's interesting when there's like songs about civil servants on some level you know like it's such an it's funny coming from like a band that in 1967 are kind of at the forefront of this counterculture movement that they're like writing a song about like a pretty pedestrian government employee but like a government employee you know at all mm-hmm. like that's that's kind of funny and sort of mm-hmm. like read us chill you know read, read us cool it would be like if Jimi hendrix was you know like wrote a song about how like how great his local city councilman was <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah city council uh or or uh some, or kurt like, cobain like, writing a song Phil. about how much he liked his his accountant no, yeah, exactly. Well, not well, maybe not even because it'd be like his like IRS adjuster or whatever, like, <laughs> right. like you know, because maybe like a, like a government employee. Um, that'd be weird anyway for Kirk Cobain because he's so like anti corporate. You know, he's not about accountants. He probably didn't even so uh, so know what money was, man. Basically, I I don't know. Like, do you like this song, and what do you like about it? I I do like this song. I like um the sort of peppiness of it a lot of it kind of comes down to like more like little moments and i think is maybe in the heart of a lot of things a lot of like rock music it's not really necessarily about like always about melodies and you know harmony and things like that but it's maybe about these like little like like details that ultimately like make a song great in in someone's opinion you know so like Mm -hmm. i think for me a lot of it is the i love the um there's sort of that shimmery quality to the the backing vocals from singing, like the lovely Rena Meter made at the beginning, and the 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 kazoo is great that you pointed out. Uh, um, I love the piano solo. I love um, uh, there's a way that like the acoustic guitar and the piano at the very very beginning before anything else comes in, uh, the way that they like kind of blend, and the amount of reverb on them is like really great to me. I don't know, and I love I love Ringo's opening drum fill. That's like great classic Ringo drums. And 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 I, I I enjoy it very much, um. But yeah, overall I like the song, and it's it is silly I suppose, but like it's it's good and it's fun. It's a fun uh, contract, and it fits in very well in the context of the album. How about you? What are what are your sort of overall thoughts? I think I think just all the elements of the song come together to to create kind of what's a like a deeper cut, but a great example of the album that it's a part of you know like if somebody said Mm -hmm. somebody said give me the best quote-unquote deep cut of sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band this might be my pick because Mm -hmm. it it encompasses a lot of the silliness as you said uh, a lot of the musical tastes a lot of the experimentation and and at the same time it it also it, it mixes together like the early beatles like bubblegum rock and roll with the the mid Beatles like psychedelia I guess you could say so just on the whole you know I think it's a great representation of of Sergeant Pepper if you're not allowed to choose one of the more obvious tracks right right yeah and I suppose when you put it that way I don't even know this might be the most obscure song off of Sergeant Pepper, really. Cause I feel it could like be. The I mean, ones, even like like me, like fixing a hole. 
I don't know. That one seems like I think like the Bee Gees had a hit with that one. You know, like I think like uh, notable lyric in the song. Uh, if you don't have any more more thoughts, uh, it took her home and nearly made it. Right, that's pretty suggestive. Ooh. Talking yeah, about suggestive songs, getting into <laughs> the most suggestive. Uh, well, not suggestive. The most like kind of like unambiguously sort of like sexual although perhaps not in a in a positive way song uh in the beatles catalog sexy sadie there we go uh, okay there's the, your there's your yeah, uh segue perfect transition sexy sadie, a perfect which is transition. well to to get off the segue as quickly as we can i'd like to begin by by pointing out that sexy sadie is not about an attractive woman named sadie it's about the maharishi no. mahesh so, uh, yeah, founder or not founder? I guess it's not really a religion, but the 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 uh, sort of like instigator of the transcendental meditation movement, something that's still very very popular um, in a lot of parts of the world. And I I do want to say before we go on that like the claims that were sort of that John Lennon sort of brought against the Maharishi, I just want to say that anything that gets said about the Maharishi is alleged uh, alleged. You know what I mean? And so like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to say. I don't know Mia Farrow's side of things, of course. You know, it's sort of a tricky area, but yeah, no, sexy Sadie, allegedly about <laughs> allegedly about uh, the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi uh, uh, making advances uh, towards a, a Mia Farrow, uh, notable actress um, from such films as the older The Great Gatsby and uh, Alice. But yeah, yeah, and John was like, "I'm gonna write a song about that." So this is one of those things where like it's g- like I'm like glad that john lennon was in the beatles like there's a couple sort of moments where it's like this would have been a terrible song if it was called maharishi and that's exactly the kind of thing that like solo career john lennon would have done it's just this like oh, really totally. like, obvious like slam of maharishi what have you done well, they also, you know like they also couldn't really risk that because of like potential libel suits you know but did you hear what allegedly happened uh, when the Maharishi uh, asked uh, why they were leaving. Oh, no. When they were asked, you know, why are you guys leaving, John uh, supposedly said back, well, if you're so cosmic, you'll know why. Damn. Yeah. Right on. I thought it was because uh, R- Ringo thought the food was too spicy. I thought it was giving him, it was just giving me indigestion. He couldn't handle it. Yeah. Uh, apparently... George was a big part of the reason why the name got changed. Uh, and also, I, as, I, as far as I'm aware, the first time the word sexy was used in a uh, uh, in like a pop song. Possibly well, any songs. I don't know. I don't know where else it would have been used. Um, it was about, it was about a middle aged like... man in a in a dress with long hair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like a, like a sarong. It's like robes. Lovely Rita is written in part because of the alliteration. Uh, um, that would be my guess why Sexy Sadie is Sexy Sadie and not Sexy Annie. So I want to point out that something alliterative has to have – it has to be three words. Uh, but uh, – <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, well, uh, excuse. Yeah, no, no, totally. No, no. Well, <laughs> excuse you, Paul McCartney and John Lennon, okay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But yeah, no, no, you know, sexy Sadie. It is is a good. It's a that's a good song title. Like that's like a cool thing to say. I can't really think of another 
good example. Oh, you know what's another great example? Like 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 a great like name and other word combination. Uh, Cindy incidentally by the Faces. Do you know that song? Hmm. That song that song rules. You 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 you'd like it. The Faces are Rod Stewart's band. You know, uh, with Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones, and it's it's a great song. But yeah, like that's like a great Cindy incidentally. That's a great title. It's not it's not the same thing exactly, but it's like a great like name and and rolls off the tongue sexy sadie i i so what are your general thoughts on this song like do you like it what do you like about it if anything you know kind of what's your relationship with it i like it as you know uh the white album is my is my favorite beatles album wouldn't make my top five favorite tracks from the album but i like it maybe perhaps it wouldn't even make the top five like my top five john songs on the album um mm. which isn't to which isn't to disparage sexy Sadie, it's just to say there are so many good tracks on that album, at least from from my perspective. I I don't want to put you on the spot and we can totally cut this, but like what are your top five favorite John songs on Favorite John songs? I, I, I'm interested. Um in. off the top of my head, uh Dear Prudence and Happiness yeah. is a Warm Gun come to mind. The continuing yeah, okay. story of Bungalow Bill. I think I I like okay. that one better than Sexy Sadie. I'm so tired. There's four. I like I'm so tired a lot. Okay. My favorite song on the album uh, is is Rocky Raccoon, but that wasn't that wasn't John. Right, right. Not a John song. Uh, Why don't we do it in the road? Feels like a John song, which there's a whole controversy it's over. A Paul song. It's a Paul yeah. song. Apparently, he sang it anyway. Uh, Julia. There you go. You you got to hand it to Julia. Oh, yeah. Julia's great. Julia's excellent. So, no, yeah. There are absolutely five, maybe maybe more than five John songs on that album that I like better than this one. Sure. I would also like to give my top five John songs on the White Album because now I've been thinking about it. Um, number one, Cry Baby Cry. Number okay, two, totally. Julia. Number three, Everybody's Got Something to Hide Except for Me and My Monkey. Uh-huh. Uh, number four, Happiness is a Warm Gun. I think, and I think Sexy Sadie would have to be number five. I really like Sexy Sadie okay. a lot. Not I'm, as much I'm as those it, other songs, but... I'm yeah. glad it made one of our top fives. Uh, Glass Onion is a close six. So, And I mean, I just I just went through until I came up with five that I was sure I liked better, and I didn't come up with them in a particular order. What was the first one you mentioned, though? Cry Baby Cry. Yeah. No, I like that one better than, than Sexy Sadie, too. This is maybe... That one's a This is maybe song. John's album. Yeah. Obviously, I'm Sergeant Pepper is great songs, but like the White Album, I feel like it's really like, like his moment in the sun. Like every song on on the album of his is a is a winner, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of backtracking on this podcast, by the way. If you listen back to it backwards, <laughs> yeah, it's all yeah. About, yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll all be going to McDonald's after the end of this. No, exactly. Yeah, we're we're heavily sponsored by uh, tobacco <laughs> lobbies, and, and it's all just a bunch of like, and all of this is just a, a conversation about the Marlboro Man and how cool he is and how badass his horse is. Uh, anyway, um, uh, but yeah, Sexy Sadies. What else do you like about the song? Uh, what what I find most striking about Sexy Sadie is the story behind it. You know, with Lovely Rita, it's very yeah. much a a one to one like. I got a parking ticket, and I liked the way this sounded, so I wrote a song about it. Whereas Sexy Sadie is, uh, I was really into the things this guy was doing. I felt like he was taking advantage of me, and I want to write about that, but I can't specifically reference it. Like I feel like there's right. there's a lot more layers and a lot more depth in, in Sexy Sadie than there is in Lovely Rita. 
Yeah, and I think that to that that point, I think that like it's sort of you know the the sort of backstory aside, the kind of you know just looking at what what it appears to be about on the face of it is that it is one of these kind of great like character assassination kind of songs, but it's, it's different. It's not just like like you know uh, uh, John being like oh you know the singer rather being like oh you know you're just like you're like a like like bad news you know what i mean but it's like mm-hmm. like somebody you know or just like you're the worst you know but like it's it's and i can't really think of a what's a good example of a song where someone's like you're the worst i can't really think of anything but you're uh, so vain. It, it's, it, sure right right so this outright kind of like but 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 it's 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 like it's about like like duplicity and it's about someone who and really it's it's kind of i think in maybe a greater sense you could look at it as being kind of an indictment of these like great like scenesters of the uh of the sixties, you know, you have so many of these people who are just like, you know, maybe sort of like meaningless figurehead kind of types, you know, it it would Mm -hmm. seem, you know, the kind of like religious gurus and ranging all the way from somebody sort of like attempting to do that kind of thing who made it succeed like a Brian Jones from the Rolling Stones or, or all the way up to like actually like, like malicious characters like, like Charles Manson, right. Being kind of Mm -hmm. the extreme, version of this kind of thing that um, would feel weird wouldn't that being associated with a, a serial killer when you're the most uh famous band in the world hey well you know uh i don't know if you heard but uh you you too fixed that there's a great uh everyone should go listen to the version of helter skelter from <laughs> from u2's rattle and hum album where at the beginning bono lets everybody know that uh uh Charles Manson stole this song from the Beatles. We're stealing it back. So th- that's not a problem. That's not a problem. The, the association mm. is broken because U2 saved it. U2 saved Helter Skelter. So you can listen to Th- it. Thank you. Thank you, U2. Charles Manson. Yeah. There's they, like they, a lot of like. <laughs> there's a lot of like unfair, humorous stories surrounding Bono. Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 I want to say I'm, I'm a Bono fan. I, I think that. He, his heart is on his sleeve, but I think that ultimately, like, the fact that he has managed to sort of be in the public eye and be as outspoken and as sort of candid as he has been without, like, getting himself in that much trouble is right. very impressive. Yeah, Sexy Sadie, uh, I just want to say, I think, and I'd like your opinion on this, I feel like this song is, like, like sounds like a Bowie song. Is that just crazy? Give me, so think give about me a, a one-to-one Bowie song to compare it to. Changes, or uh, specifically tracks off of Hunky Dory. So like Changes, or um, uh, Life on Mars, or even like to a certain extent like some songs off of uh, uh, Ziggy Stardust, like maybe like Rock and Roll Suicide or something. Yeah. Like think about. No, I can the absolutely way that the, the, see the, it. The way that, yeah, think about I can the way absolutely the see it. it, and specifically the guitar solo. Where it's like, that's like super Mick Ronson-y. I'm not saying that, I I think Bowie, like, Bowie hadn't put any of those albums out yet, but I, I feel like the Beatles invented the Bowie sound on this, on this this with this song. I don't know. Well, six, one thing I will say, six, you six, know, um, to sort of well, respond oh. to your question without saying anything, if Bowie sang on this track and not John Lennon, I think I would like it just as much. Oh, yeah. So not very much, or not as much as <laughs> I mean. I mean, it's my it's my favorite it's my favorite Beatles album, and John is my favorite member of the Beatles. And I'm I'm just picturing, 
you know, um, I'm picturing David Bowie on it with his like weird accent. Six What have you done? You made it. It fits. I mean, maybe he wrote it. Maybe he wrote it for John. That's true. He might have. He might have. He was knocking around at that point. He hadn't had a. I guess he was like just about to have a hit. You know, with uh, was he Davy Jones at that point though? Maybe he might have become David Bowie. I I don't know exactly the chronology. I know I think Space Oddity came out in '69, so he was probably already Bowie at that point. Because he like even before he started putting out albums as David Bowie, he like took a year and like developed his persona, and like went to like mime classes and stuff, and like figured out what he was gonna do, which is pretty cool. Bowie is very impressive. Like there aren't that many people in music like operating on that like high of a level. Right, him. right. Like you know, many people that, are like, good musicians, but in addition to being a musician, he was an artist, and he was he was good at it. No, yeah, right. And and operating in so many different mediums with a lot of of skill and a lot of like right and sort of like curating this this very interesting image in a way that felt like completely authentic, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, let's just let's do um let's do a quick comparison. Like, which song do you like better? And which one is objectively better? Uh, I think "Sexy Sadie" on both counts. Interesting. I would I, I would I disagree song. on both counts. I think. Um, oh, interesting. I think "Lovely Read" is more more creative and uh, far more accessible. Mm. Well, I have a music degree, so. Uh, no, I'm just, so I'm just you're kidding. right. I'm just so you're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm correct. Yes, I'm right. No, no, I'm just uh, yeah. no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. They're both good songs there so um follow us on instagram this is charles ah come on i was okay i was i was queuing okay whatever that's Uh, charles and this is nick and i you just you just didn't you just you even knew what i was doing and you just let me hang out there like like an (laughs) idiot just let okay let's do it okay let's do it again I'll, i'll do better this time okay this is Charles. Oh, okay. Just, this is that, Nick. That that Evan. I'm just drinking that Evan Williams I talked about earlier straight from the bottle at this point. I'm just like, <laughs> my my life has no more meaning. Um. Okay. All right. Anyway, this is this is this, Nick signing off. Uh, this is Charles also signing off. All right. Have a <laughs> yeah. Uh, sleep tight. <laughs>